listening to The Debriefing with Jake and Cora. Thank you so much for joining us. Come along for the ride with Jake and I as we debrief life at Boyce College. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome back to another episode of The Debriefing. Um, on today's episode, Jake and I are going to be talking with our friend Alex about missions. So we wanted to just kind of start off by reading the Great Commission from Matthew 28, um, and then jump into today's episode. So when we decided to do an episode on missions, we both thought of our friend Alex. Um, he has a big heart for God's mission for his world and for his people, um, and for the way that the local church can be involved in that. Yeah, that definitely was a great conversation for those of you who are interested in missions, but really for all of us, because like that scripture just said, the Great Commission isn't only for a few select people. The Great Commission is for all of us, and even if that's just going into our jobs, going into uh, the workforce or our neighborhoods and sharing the gospel with people, and maybe it also means going overseas, going to do missions, and yeah. I'll cut that, but yeah. Before we jump into our conversation with Alex, we're going to go into the news segment. There is a lot going on this week, but it's going to be a good week. On Monday, we have a special event going on in the morning, and that is a Duke K. McCall leadership lecture, and that's going to be delivered by... Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, and if you attend that, you will get a chapel credit. Monday evening, we return to our regular schedule of dorm meeting. On Tuesday morning, we have normal chapel, and Eric Reed from Lebanon, Tennessee, will be leading us in our sermon. Tuesday evening, we have the Fall Harvest Fest, so there will be pumpkin carving, s'mores, apple cider, and hot chocolate on the seminary lawn, also known as the Jable. And Um, the fall feast in the cafeteria. Also that night, the women's volleyball is going to be having a game versus Frontier. On Thursday, our chapel is going to be a series of faculty testimonies. And Thursday evening is open dorms and the girls are hosting. Thursday and Friday, there's an Apologetics Institute event. You can see more details for that in your Um, student life email, but that's going to be both in Heritage Hall and in, I forgot where else it is, so I'm just going to re-say that and fix that. Thursday and Friday, there's an Apologetics Institute event, um, and you can see your student life email for more details on that. Friday night is Coffee House, and that is an exciting event that we've been looking forward to this semester. Uh, Definitely looking forward to listening to music and fellowshipping with the campus. Mm-hmm. Saturday, the PPC is having their trunk or treat event. And also on Saturday is a home soccer game versus UC Claremont. And then Saturday, there's also a volleyball tournament. This is a series of away games, but cheer on volleyball team in spirit. All right, so now we're going to jump into our our conversation with Alex. There are some things in this podcast that we aren't able to share just because of the platform 
um, that this podcast has. But if you want to hear more about the ways that the Lord is working in Alex's country of service, make sure to find him and have a conversation with him. He would love to share um, more with you about just the way that the Lord is working. And definitely if you don't know how to contact him, get in contact with one of us and we'll connect you with Alex for sure. But let's jump into this conversation. Welcome to another conversation on the debriefing. Today we are joined with our friend Alex. Um, and Alex has a heart for the church and a heart for missions specifically. Um, so that's what we're going to be talking about today with him. Just kind of asking him a little bit about what missions is um, as a whole entity. Um, why you should care about missions and also just hearing a little bit about his story and his heart for um, the people around the world who need Jesus. And I think missions is such a crucial topic for us at Bible College because we're called to go and share the gospel and when Cora and I were deciding who we were going to have to talk about this topic um, for this podcast episode we both like immediately thought of Alex without talking about it I was like who should we have I was like I got someone and Cora was like I have someone and then we we're like oh Alex so we're super excited to hear what we have what Alex has to say and thank you for being with us yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm very honored that you both thought of me. Um, it's just something that I'm passionate about and um, happy to share and, and just honestly happy to talk about. It's I'll talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing we want to ask you about is broadly, how would you describe what missions is? And then related to that also, um, maybe just a little bit about like the theological reasoning of why it exists, the need for it, and also why you should be involved. Definitely. So I think missions is something that you can almost define in two categories. I think every Christian is, every faithful Christian is is actively engaging in missions every day. I think missions is simply bringing the gospel to the people of the world, bringing the gospel to unbelievers. Um, You have your local missions, which is, you know, being faithful in your church and outreaching to your community, um, just engaging as a faithful Christian with non-believers every single day um, in the city you live in. And then there's overseas missions. There's kind of the more typical um, missionaries that we think of um, who pick up and they move and they go overseas to a different country and they live there or they're there for a period of time um, blessing that community and, and bringing Christ to them. Um, so that's kind of my personal view of missions. I think it's just um, bringing Christ to unbelievers. Um, and then what was your second question? So just like, why why there's a need for missions? Mm-hmm. And then related to that, which definitely like flows into it, why Christians should care. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So there's a massive need for missions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, living in the West, you know, we have a very um, small view of what the world is. Um, if you go into the East, the Middle East, uh, Middle East, North Africa, um, Southeast Asia, um, and then a little bit more up in the north, you have plenty of people, I mean, bi- literally billions of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of them have either just very briefly heard of the gospel or have never heard of the gospel. And even in briefly hearing the gospel, it's not something of, you know, a Christian is sitting down with them and telling them, hey, Jesus Christ loves you. He died for your sins. Um, you are destined for eternal damnation and, and God's wrath um, if you don't put your faith in him. It's just that they happen to know 
the name Jesus and the word Bible. And that's really it. Um, and there's a massive need. I can't remember the exact statistic, um, but I know that for every like a hundred or so unbelievers, we have maybe one Christian mm-hmm. who's able to reach them. Um, and it's just the un- massive amount of unbelievers just completely outnumbers the, the number of believers who are willing to serve. Um, and I think here in the West, we are just afforded opportunities and wealth that um, many, many other countries in the world don't have. Um, and so we have those resources and the ability to be able to um, bring the gospel to these different people. Um, and quite frankly, that's just not something we're necessarily doing right now. Mm-hmm. There's a shortage. If you look at any major um, missions organization right now, their one thing that they're always saying is we need more people. Mm-hmm. Um, we need just more workers, more faithful servants that are willing to go bring Christ um, and I think we're on the cusp of a young cultural revolution. I think um, just younger adults are starting to get more passionate um, and they're realizing that there's more to the world than uh, North America. Yeah. And um, they want to see that and they also want to um, serve hmm. um, that part of the world. Um, so it's something that I'm praying over daily um, and I'm hoping others are as well is that there's just this almost like Revival um, within young adults of like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up my life and I'm gonna sacrifice this for Jesus and I'm gonna go um, share Christ with you know China, Tunisia, Vietnam, um, somewhere in the Middle East because they need it. Um, they they are experiencing a cultural revolution in them, in it of themselves right now. Um, there's a lot of the young people that are waking up. Um, they're realizing, hey, you know, something that the government or my parents or the older generation has been preaching to us for years is if you go to school, you work hard, you make a lot of money, that's how you're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. And these people, they're starting to wake up and they're starting to realize, hey, you know, my parents, they went down the same path and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. My, my dad is, you know, actively cheating on my mom. My mom is an alcoholic. You know, nobody in my family is happy where they're at. Something's not adding up. I'm missing something. We're missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're getting bold. I have a friend who works in China um, and she um, was teaching a group of students and a student whose um, mother works um, in a high-ranking position in China in the Chinese government and then a father who was um, a teacher she um, just walked up to the teacher one day and said you know about Jesus you're an American I don't know anything about Jesus but I know something is missing from my life who is he can he provide me meaning they were able to sit down and they were able to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the result was. I'm not sure what happened. Um, but that's just one person. And I know there's a thousand more stories that are just mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so it's clear people are searching for something. And they're searching for something in ways they never have before. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can search for it. But if people aren't willing to be the hands and feet of Christ, mm-hmm. um, they potentially can never find it. So I think that's where, you know, the giant need is, um, for sure. Um, in terms of missions just being important um, and why Christians should care about it, that's what we're called to. Yeah. Um, the Great Commission in Matthew. Um, we are called as Christians to bring Christ to all the nations. 
Um, and so it's not really a need of whether or not it's important. It's more of a need of like whether or not we're doing it, whether or not we're listening to the Father and we're being active in um, being obedient to his commands. As you see this younger generation, um, I guess being more in tune to that need, how would you encourage someone to discern whether or not um, like an emotional pull or desire that they have towards missions is something that is um, like genuinely a calling from God versus like, because there are, there has been like this um, almost trend in like our generation and a little bit before us of um, like specifically in the radical movement of almost it being trendy to go. Mm. So how would you encourage someone to think through like, am I being like emotionally, I don't want to say manipulated, but like being convinced emotionally that this is something I'm called to if it's not necessarily versus somebody who genuinely is like called to go and serve in a very like tangible, practical overseas kind of way. How would you encourage someone to kind of think through that? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so speaking from my own experience, um, I had no previous call to missions. Um, up until really only a year ago, I had no desire to live um, outside of the United States. It just wasn't really something on my radar. I knew I had a heart for the Asia region particularly, particularly, but I thought that was going to be more so through adoption. Um, it wasn't something that I thought about actively living in and serving um, for a long period of time. Um, I had um, an organization um, representative with who I'm with um, approach me and say, hey, um, they came and spoke in a class, they presented information to me and they said, would you like to go on a summer trip? And the summer trip happened, it was about four to six weeks um, in the Asia region. Um, and it seemed like a really interesting opportunity. Um, you know, I thought about it and this was my freshman year of college and I was like, ah, you know, I'm like, nah, I don't really think that's my thing. A couple of years go by um, kind of come into my junior year of college and it was a, it was a tough year. Um, just, there was a lot of stuff going on and it was just hard. And I remember, um, around November, just really kind of asking the Lord, like, you know, what do you, what do you want me to do with my life? Where, you know, what is the direction of my life? I don't have no direction. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and I pray, I just prayed for some direction. Um, and a couple weeks later, this same representative reach out, reaches out to me and says, hey, I'm going to be in town. Um, would love to grab a cup of coffee with you and just discuss, you know, summer opportunities. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, like, let's get together. You know, I need to find an internship for my degree. They're offering internships. Let me just, you know, I'll get the information or whatever. Mm -hmm. We go, we have coffee, and it was good. The internship seemed interesting. Um, and I was like, she kind of asked me, you know, oh, you know, would you be interested in going? And I was like, ah, yeah, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. So it was just a very kind of flippant, very like, oh, I got nothing better going on, you know, type of thing. I leave that conversation. A couple weeks later, the org starts to reach out to me a little bit. I have to fill out an application, go through an interview process. And the more and more that I'm going through this, I, I kind of start questioning like, well, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a pastor. Is this something that I really want to do? Um, and I talked with my mother about it and she was like, hey, she's like, you're never going to regret acting out in obedience towards the Lord. I was like, well, you're right. 
She's like, it's a good opportunity. It's a good experience either way. You're getting out of your comfort zone for God. And even if you go, and you, it's a great way to discern, you know what? Is this for me? Is this not for me? Um, and that was something that was really great about my org is they have these short little snippet trips that you can go and you can serve in. And it's just enough time where you can. Um, it's not a vacation. It's not something where, oh, I'm here for a week. It's fun. Um, but it's also not something where you feel like, okay, I've just committed my life to this. Um, it's a really just solid, you know, four to six weeks of time where you're going to get the culture, you're going to get the experience, you're going to get the snapshot into what life as a long-term missionary could look like without having the fear of making that life-changing long-term commitment. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll do this, I'll give it a shot. Um, and went through the interview, the application, everything, um, and got accepted. Um, to go to uh, my country. Um, June rolls around, I'm getting ready to leave, and I had some serious reservations, and I was like, I don't, I, I don't know if this is for me at all. Like, this might be a massive mistake. But I was too deep into it, I had fundraised for it, and I was like, well, I gotta go. So I went, and I don't even think I was there for more than two days, and I was like, this is what the Lord's called me to do. Um, but with that being said, something in my talking with my leaders and things is this idea of being on a mountain. It's where you're in the country, you're in love with it, you're in the honeymoon period, and it's like, oh, this is incredible. I want to do this for the rest of my life. You know, think about it as, you know, going to Disney World. Everybody loves Disney World, okay? Um, you're super excited to go, but there's nobody that wants to be there for 365 days. Um, and so it's kind of the same philosophy of this where it's like, you know, you might love it in the moment, but it's like, are you going to love it when you're six months in and you're sick and Thanksgiving is rolling up and you're not going to be with your family and you're with, a, you know, people that English is not their first language and the language they're speaking is not your first. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard task to even buy groceries and you're not having these gospel conversations that's when it's like okay well the, you know you, you can kind of separate the wheat from the chaff you know of what's going on um, it's not going to be the same as, as it is in the summer um, so in talking with my leaders and things they're like hey take some time don't make a commitment yet pray on it I was like okay we finish our time and I felt the same from day two until the very end of the program. I remember as I was leaving my country of service, I was crying because I was devastated that I had to leave um, the people that I was with, the people that I was serving. Um, broke my heart. And I didn't know if I was going to see them again. So as we're leaving, I kind of committed in my heart that I was like, okay, I'm coming back. We get back. Um, and in my heart and in my prayers, I started to ask the Lord, okay, I'm thinking through this. I want to commit to this. Um, I'm going to need your wisdom and your discernment um, because I'm on the mountain. I love this. Um, but I, you know, I want to see what I'm going to be like three months from now when I'm back at school, when I'm back in my normal daily life. I have my comforts. Am I still going to feel the same? And I straight up asked him in that moment, in that honeymoon period, in that mountain of like, let me feel the same three months from now as I feel right now. And here we are, and I think we're, we're four months from that point now, and I feel the exact same. Um, it hasn't been an easy four months in terms of discerning this, this um, decision. 
Um, it's something that, you know, the reality is sure to set in of like, oh, I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm leaving comfortability. Um, but it's not about those things. And it's not about me. Um, it's about serving the Lord. And it's about the people that I met that they have no idea who Jesus Christ is. And they're never going to have anybody who cares enough to tell them um, potentially if I don't go back and it's not you know it's not about me it's not about what I can do mm-hmm. um, it's about how the Lord can use me it's about me being a tool for the Lord and so my biggest prayer has been God I want to be a tool for you and if that means going back into my country of service and, and doing that give me the power give me the strength give me the drive to do that open the doors for me to continue to pursue this and if you want me to be a tool for you here open the doors for this, close the doors for overseas work. So kind of very roundabout answer to your question in terms of discerning. I think first off it starts with prayer and it starts with the the ability to say yes. Um, To answer that initial call, I think personally that every Christian, if they are able to um, physically, financially, um, mentally, all of those things, should spend at least some sort of time in overseas service. I have not met a single person yet in my time um, who has come back and been like, man, I regret that. That was horrible. I am like, that was, you know, that was a mistake. I've met people who have been like, yeah, you know, I went overseas and I did that. And the Lord made it very clear. He has not called me to overseas missions, overseas work. That's fine. The Lord hasn't called everybody to the same thing. Um, But I've, Never, but I've always met people every time who are like, you know what, that was amazing. The Lord used it to really change my perspective. The Lord has used it to really um, strengthen my relationship with Him, and the Lord has, you know, used this trip or this, you know, experience in so many different ways to grow me. Um, and I think as Christians, we should never deny um, growth from the Lord. So, sorry, um, taking taking that step, saying yes, and just. Trying it out is the best way I would say. Find these organizations. There's a great org that I'm a part of. If you want to know about that org, come talk to me on campus um, if you go to Boyce. Um, but find these orgs that are willing to do kind of these little snapshot looks and take that, you know, do it. Go try it out. Spend a summer, you know, overseas and, you know, in another country and enjoy that adventure. But enjoy that service to the Lord as well. And, be willing to let God mold you and, and shape you in that way. Um, and typically you're able to come back and, and now that you have that basis and that foundation, you can be like, okay, is this something that I can reasonably see myself doing? Mm-hmm. And then commit time to prayer. Talk to people who are long-term, who have been long-term missionaries or are long-term missionaries. I have a great relationship with my leader who he is still in our country of service teaching. He's going to be there for a long time. And he and I meet on FaceTime or Zoom once a week, and we talk. And we he's talked through this thing, these things with me, um, and his wisdom and, and help has been hugely instrumental. That's awesome to just hear about your heart and the experience you got to have this past summer, and how God has continued to nurture in your heart for missions. It's really encouraging to me, and I'm sure to so many who are listening. Kind of connecting to what you've been talking about and you definitely hit on it at points 
in America, in Louisville, Kentucky, where we're at right now, there's a ton of healthy churches. They're not perfect, and there's definitely some churches that are not healthy. But where we are now, the church is very healthy in different parts. And some churches have a lot of members who are faithful to their churches and faithful to serving in the church, which is an amazing thing that should be applauded. How do you think the church should balance being faithful to your church in the United States with being a church that is supporting of missions? So not being all simply internally focused, but fulfilling the second part of the Great Commission, which is to go and to share the gospel. And how can you balance living a healthy church like we are called to in the Bible, but then also realizing that part of being a healthy church is to go and to send missionaries and to go. And we're not called to just stay and meet every Sunday and go back and just wait till next Sunday, but we're literally called to be on action for the gospel. So how would you connect those two different things, and how would you encourage local churches to be interested in missions, pursue missions? Definitely. You know, that's such a, a complicated issue of, you know, how do you have such a wonderful and healthy place where, where the body of Christ is gathering, um, and, and how do you balance that with just, you know, having them go out and having them leave? And um, I think... The best example you can look at is Paul. Look at all the different churches he was heavily involved in. Um, and they were sending him out. They were sending brothers and, brothers and sisters in Christ out to bring the gospel to the rest of the world. Um, but they were healthy and faithful. and sol- I mean, sometimes they were. Um, there was times where Paul needed to, to kind of talk them out of their own sinfulness. But we saw evidence of healthy and faithful and righteous churches. Um, I would say... In order of balancing those things, I think it comes down to you need to have that conversation as a congregation. You need to have a pastor who is encouraging of those things, and you need to have a pastor who is understanding of what is going on in the world, um, who doesn't succumb to this kind of general fear, I think, that we see in the West today of like, well, we don't want to leave our country because it's dangerous. Yes, there's danger out there, but there's danger here as well. Um, as a leader, as a, as a Christian leader, you need to have somebody who is like, hey, things are dangerous, things are different, things are fluid, um, but we are Christians and we are called as Christians to share Christ in spite of those things. So I'm going to encourage my congregation to do that. I think having regular conversations of missions um, for a church that already has um, missionaries that they are supporting and they are sending out, giving updates on them. Um, I know... Personally, there's a lot, I, I have a lot of missionary friends who are sending either um, monthly or bi-monthly newsletters talking about how the Lord is working in their lives and working in their country of service and things. Read that newsletter to your congregation. Let your congregations be up to date in what their brothers and sisters, um, their church brothers and sisters, their brothers and sisters in Christ are doing. Um, so I think having those conversations, um, having... Um, my church right now is going is doing a missions week um, where they are the sermon is, is missions based. They're having different mission works come in and um, talk on Wednesday nights and s- Sunday nights, um, talking about who they are, what they do, um, different church members, congregation members who are involved with those missions. Um, having you know just having a specific time to focus on those things, I think is great as well. Um, just to remind your congregation. Um, and then I'd say the biggest thing is is um, financial support. 
I think it's one of those kind of awkward conversations to have where it's like, oh, you know, money can be so difficult and there's so much complication kind of wrapped up in it. But um, a church that is financially um, supporting the people that they are sending out is much more likely to see those people through in their service than someone, than a church who is um, kind of just the cheerleader on the sidelines. Like, go, we need that. We need those people. We need people that are going to be actively praying for the people who are serving, um, but that financial support helps a ton. Um, and with that being said, I mean, the prayer as well. Um, I think as a congregation, praying as a giant congregation, for those people who are in service, you know, not just during the missions week or not just once a year, um, but, you know, weekly um, is extremely important um, because we all know the power of prayer um, and rest assured, like, missionaries need it just as much. Alex, what are some ways that as, as a college student that you've been encouraged both by your local church um, and by whether that's professors in different um, missions and evangelism classes, um, or even just by your friends, different ways that you've been encouraged as you have gone for a summer and as you prepare to, um, even just in like considering and weighing, you're talking about like that decision process, like I'm sure there have been people that have spoken to that and encouraged you, um, but what are some like helpful things that as a college student you've been like, wow, I'm so thankful I'm a part of a healthy local church, wow, I'm so thankful I have this professor. What are some things that you can testify to in those? Definitely. There's been, it's just been such a sweet time being home and, and um, just being encouraged by my local church, by my friends, just by the student body. Um, honestly, the willingness to have the conversation of like, hey, what did the Lord do, you know, with your summer? Or, you know, hey, I, I heard that you were in this, this country this summer doing missions. Like, what was that like? Having that conversation, being willing to listen, um, is such an encouragement. Um, because I remember coming home and I was just so excited, and I wanted to tell ever I wanted to tell every and anybody who wanted to hear about it. Um, but it's one of those hard things because you don't want to you don't want to make the conversation about yourself. You want to hear about what your friends did with their summer as well, and, and you want to hear you know how the Lord worked in their lives as well. But you're like. I'm bursting at the seams. I want to tell you about, you know, how I saw the Lord, you know, impact um, my country of service this summer. Um, and like, oh, there's just so many things. And um, specifically for me and coming back, you know, I have an internship with the organization that I'm with now. And um, part of that internship is is encouraging other students to, to um, potentially serve with this org. And so it was like, I came back and all I want to do was be like, I think you're a perfect fit for this work. You would love it. Or like, oh man, you know, you're such a, you know, uh, your skill set is just so good for this, what this work does, man, you would love it. Or, hey, your life situation would work so well in this context. Like to be able to have those conversations, to be able to have people who aren't just like, oh, that's great, man. And then just kind of like move on or whatever, but have people who are like, really, that's amazing. Like, you know, tell me more or, you know, how can I be praying for your country of service? So how can I be praying um, for the people that you, you worked with, whatever it may be. I think just showing that genuine interest, massive encouragement in terms of like my church, um, just their prayer, um, knowing that they were praying for me as I was there or when I came home or as I was discerning was huge. Um, it was just um, knowing that good 
faithful people were on my side and, and wanting the best for me was um, was encouraging. Um, so those are the big things. Conversations, yeah. um, massive encouragements. Um, before I went, um, I would say my biggest encouragement was people that were like, hey man, I know you got a newsletter. Can I have it? Can I read it? Or hey, are you doing this monthly? I would love to have one. I'd love to read about it. You know, I'd love to hear. You know, just having those questions. You know, kind of asked. Um, or then, you know, when I came back, them being like, hey, I know you were here this summer. What was that like? What are the people like? What is the culture like? How is Christianity received there? Um, what is the governmental structure? You know, having genuine interest in these countries of service is important as well because. As much as I'm excited about maybe what I did, um, there should be a focus on the people as well. There should be a focus on what was going on, um, what's going on even after I'm gone, or even after my whole org is gone, or whatever. Um, because that's a country that's going to be here, you know, whether it's in name or in government or, you know, whatever is going to be here, those people are going to be there for a very, very long time. Um, and so having awareness of, of what's going on there. Um, or wanting to have an awareness is a huge encouragement. Related to those people that encouraged you before you went um, by asking about your newsletter and how they could get on it, what are ways that boys students, as they listen to this, if they're thinking, man, I really want to be able to encourage Alex well, um, what are ways that they can be praying for you as you prepare um, to go back? And what are ways that if they want to find you and get on that mm. newsletter, or if they want to um, even consider helping you with fundraising and support raising, um, what are ways that they can find you and get involved in what you're doing? Definitely. Oh man. It's hard having to be under communication guidelines. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so find Alex, come talk to him in person. <laughs> I'm a, I am a personable person. I love to have conversations. Um, if you walk up to me and you say, hey, I heard you on this podcast or whatever, I will sit and talk with you, especially if it's over missions. I will sit and talk about it for, as Jake knows, I will talk about it for hours until someone's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, if you if you want to find me, um, if, if you're a guy, I live in Manly. I'm on the third floor. Um, my name is right outside the door. Come, come into my room. Come talk to me. Come look for me. Um, if you don't want to do that or you don't have the ability to do that, I work in the events office. Um, so you can always stop in there, ring the bell, ask for me. I'll probably be there most days, especially this coming week. Um, other than that, find me on campus. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, ask Dr. Bosch. I'm in a lot of his classes. I'm a business student. He'll easily put you in contact with me. Um, I'll also be starting to present my specific organization um, in a couple of classes this semester. Um, so just be on the lookout for that, I guess. Um, and then in terms of prayer, be praying for as much as I wish I could tell the specifics, my country of service. Um, be praying for just the individual people that I had the wonderful privilege of meeting. Um, but there's a lot of very lost individuals um, who need who need Jesus, um, and don't have much of a meaningful future without him. Um, 
be praying for this country's um, leadership. They're in kind of a transitional period right now. Um, and there could be some really amazing things on the horizon and there could be some really scary things on the horizon. Um, so just be praying for the Lord to work in their hearts. Um, and then just be praying for my specific work. Um, we have been blessed by the Lord for the last 30 years. Um, we have been afforded opportunities that um, most other orgs are not um, just because he has been smiling down upon us for whatever reason. And um, so just be praying for our organizational leadership and our organizational um, workers um, that are in some, mainly in the 1040 window, but are in some also some areas that are affected by the um, Israel and Hamas conflict that's going on right now. Um, and then personally, just be praying that the Lord will continue um, to open doors for me to pursue my, my country of service, um, that he will give me a heart of humility in interacting with this culture, interacting with this country, um, and that he will just give me a spirit of flexibility um, as this, this work, um, working in this field, is something that everything is changing constantly. Um, and so you have to be ready to roll with the punches. Um, those are kind of my big prayer request. That was rapid fire, but mm -hmm. that's that's really what I got. Um, no, that's awesome and so encouraging to hear you talk about those things. And as if you are listening to this and like, I really want to get to know Alex, if you know Cora or I, we can also get you connected to him. Absolutely. And we'll give you a way to get to know him, to grab coffee with him and I would even encourage you to do that, even if you're not even sure if missions is something you want to do. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you reach out to Cora and I, we will get you connected to Alex, and it's an encouraging conversation to talk to him about missions, and just to listen to in more detail without communication guidelines, just to hear his story about the country he got to go to and to what he got to do while he was there. And I definitely would encourage you to do that. Kind of as we're wrapping up, just one last question for students on this campus and people everywhere. When they're viewing missions and all the different capacities that go into that, are there any scripture verses that you look to for encouragement or that could just aid you as you're thinking through missions and all that it encompasses. Absolutely. Um, so one of the verses that I read during my time of kind of just discernment figuring out um, is missions a path that I want to pursue, um, kind of where is the Lord leading me. Uh, one of the verses that really stuck out to me and was a giant encouragement was Psalm 22, 27 through 28. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. Just this idea of the nations. Um, it doesn't matter about what work necessarily I do or anybody does. At the end of all of this, the nations will know the Lord. And I would absolutely love to be a tool in that. I would absolutely love to be used by the Lord. Um, because I would rather the nations know the Lord in love and know the Lord as their savior and their king than as their um, 
in their punishment, mm-hmm. I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, just a massive encouragement. That was kind of at the end of my time of, of discernment when I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. Um, so just And it's a great psalm overall to just meditate on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other, I'd say the other major just verse, um, a good friend of mine um, that I was on the same t- team with this summer, this is her favorite Bible verse, um, mm-hmm. and it's something that I believe she's, she's um, kind of used to define her relationship with the nations and her um, pursuit of um, missions. Um, it's Revelations 5, 13. Mm-hmm. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. That is the end goal, I believe, of every missionary, is to have the nations be able to say, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Um, I think that's what we're all striving for. I think it's what we all want. Um, I think um, just as we we pursue the Lord and and serving him, we are hoping and we are praying that one day um, all of the nations will be actively pursuing the Lord. Um, so yeah, those are my two two big big Bible verses that I, I, I hold close to my heart. Amen. That's encouraging and definitely scriptures that give perspective to missions and to the angle of missions and Thank you for sharing those with us, and kind of, as you were talking, the verse, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, came to mind, and the words of Jesus, and I think that's encouragement for all of us to go and share the gospel, and we thank you for coming onto the podcast and encouraging us to do that, and we are praying for you here, and I encourage you all listening to pray for Alex as he goes and goes to share the gospel pretty soon and if you want to know more about that make sure you get to know Alex but thank you so much for being here and we've really enjoyed having you for this discussion thank you for having me it's been it's been a blast missions and just being able to encourage us to follow the Lord's command to share the gospel and regardless if that looks like at home or anywhere else in the world um, just being on mission for Christ yeah and as we wrap up this podcast we're just going to read out of Isaiah 52 Mm -hmm. and it talks about missions and why we should do missions and so Isaiah 52 7 says How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation. Thank you guys for joining us. (laughs) 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 Thanks for listening. Um, Join us again next week for another episode of The Debriefing. Have a great week, guys.